This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Chris Schmenicke. Today, it's Wednesday, so we're talking Denver Nuggets with beat reporter Vinny Benedetto. And also, with Vinny, we're going to touch on a little World Cup. Stay tuned. I am joined by Vinny Benedetto to talk a little Nuggets and a little soccer at the end. Vinny, are you staying healthy? Because clearly the Nuggets are not. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I'll probably go for for a run a little uh, before the game here. So yeah, I'm feeling good. Hopefully, hopefully that stays the case for me. So the news, of course, is that uh, well, Bones Highland has been out in, in health and safety protocols for a couple games now, and now tonight, Nikola Jokic will not play because of health and safety protocols. And uh, you and I were just chatting about possibly Aaron Gordon not there yet, but is also out with a non-COVID illness. Uh, what's you were just at shoot around? What's the latest out there? Yeah, so Bones is doubtful for tonight. I'm not even sure he's in Denver because I'm not sure if he can fly before he tests out of the protocols. So I, I would very, very strongly feel that he's not going to play tonight. Nicole is obviously out. This is his first game in the protocols. Um, and it, it's different this year where you can test out of protocols earlier than you could last year. So I don't think it's a guarantee that that Nicola misses the same amount of games, but I'd say it's it's more likely than not that he's in that range where he's going to miss two or three games um and yeah Aaron Aaron Gordon has has avoided the protocol so far but in the past you know we've seen that change uh so um yeah they're they're not healthy right now they've recalled a couple guys from the G League for tonight's game to uh to just flush out the the rotation so yeah it might be might get a little interesting tonight so, yeah, we're recording this before. The Nuggets tip off with the New York Knicks tonight over at Ball Arena. First time they've been home, and it feels like quite a long time. Yeah. Um, but this seems like a game that the Nuggets could win without Nicole Jokic. Absolutely, yeah. And you look at the Knicks. They played last night in Utah. So they've kind of got that dreaded back-to-back from Utah to Denver, both games at elevation. So they are they shouldn't be, you know, super fresh. The Nuggets have had a couple days off now. Um, so yeah, the the players that are healthy and feeling good should should be able to to really put forth a solid effort. I asked Jamal Murray about that today at shoot around. You know, they're shorthanded. How how are you feeling? Feel like you can give a bit more on nights like tonight? And he said he's still in a minutes restriction, so that's kind of out of his control. But uh, you know, the minutes he does play, I, I'd expect for him to be aggressive. I'd expect Michael Porter to to play with a little more freedom tonight. Um, so yeah, certainly an opportunity where, where the Nuggets can still get a win, even if, even if Nicole is not playing. He is on a minutes restriction. I didn't even realize he was, Jamal Murray was still on a minutes restriction. It feels like he's out there a ton. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's why, that's why I kind of asked, you know, thinking I was trying to get to it, him to be like, like give us his, the top range where he feels comfortable playing. Um, and I, and I followed up with that. Uh, and he said, yeah, he's still on a restriction, but when he's, getting to the near that restriction, which I'd have to, I, I'd say the minute the restriction has to be around 30 minutes. I'm not sure we've yeah. seen him go much North of 30, but it feels like he's played 28 to 30 minutes quite a bit in the last week or two. And, and he said when he's, when he's up near that limit, he's still feeling good. So it feels very much like it's just a precautionary, like the team has is, is still kind of being protective, which, which makes sense. Um, but he feels good. So if he, if he does play those 30 minutes, I'd expect him to be able to be pretty aggressive in those in those minutes. So let's go to something, uh, some some more good vibes for the Nuggets. Uh, coming off this road trip, they went 3-1. and one. Uh, The only loss was to Boston, who could be the best team in the NBA. Um, 
So what'd you see on the road trip? Uh, there was the big comeback in Indiana and they just destroyed the Bulls on Sunday night. So what, what'd you see on that trip? Yeah, I think it's it's a really positive trip going three and one. They're nine and four to start the season. I think second in the Western Conference. And the thing that, that stands out for me and Michael Malone mentioned this yesterday at practice is that good teams have an ability to win in different ways. And, and they did that in the road trip. You mentioned it. Um, you know, it started in San Antonio, very close game throughout, and, and the Nuggets find a way to win. They go to Indiana, fall behind by, I believe, 18 points in the third quarter yeah. and or, or second quarter, you know, midpoint in the game. They come back and win that game. You know, they they Boston was the one they didn't they they didn't bring their best stuff to Boston and it showed and and they got punished for that. Uh, but then, you know, Chicago, they, they closed the trip with a really, really complete performance, you know, probably one of their more well-rounded efforts from 48 minutes through 13 games. And, and yeah, so really positive, I would say. And, and to Malone's point, they, they did it in different ways. They, they didn't ride one person, you know, all road trip. It was, they got solid efforts from Michael Porter and Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, you know, down, down the roster. So yeah, versatile, I'd say really strong road trip. So you had a story in this morning's uh, Denver Gazette about Christian Brown. Um, you know, he was out of the rotation a couple games and he was back in it. Um, what have you seen from him? Because he's, he seems like in some games he's the sixth man. Yeah, he he has fluctuated from sixth man to, and now I think he's kind of, when they're fully healthy, I think he's probably on the outside of the nine man rotation, which yeah. has been a change, you know, with, with them staggering that starter with the bench, there is, I believe, one fewer bench player in the rotation. So I think right now when they're fully healthy, he's kind of on the outside looking in for as long as they continue to stagger. Um, but he is the first guy elevated whenever, you know, because they're yeah. using Bruce, Bruce Brown to plug so many different holes that whether it's whether Bruce is playing point guard or on the wing, uh, you know, they, they've, they're able to get Christian in their win uh, when someone isn't healthy. And when he's playing, you know, I think he's earning more points with Malone because, you know, Malone always says, you don't know when your opportunity is going to come, but I expect you to be ready for it. And whenever, whenever Christian's number's been called, he's come in and he's played, played tough defense. He's used his athleticism. Uh, you know, shots weren't falling in the first couple of games, but I think he's up north of thirty-five percent from three, which is, which is, I think, a big development. Um, so yeah, I think it's been generally pretty positive. Whenever, whenever he's gotten the opportunity, he's kind of risen to the occasion and and show that he belongs at the level. So what do you see them doing with the rotation? Because, I mean, Jokic could be out through those games in Dallas. Um, do they do they start DJ? Do they go small ball? What, what, do you, what do you think Malone does? I'm sure he didn't tip his hand much at shoot-around. Yeah, no, we don't we don't get to hear from it shoot-around, so we'll know more pregame. But it is going to be really interesting, and I think a lot hinges on Aaron Gordon's availability. Yeah. Um, you know, if he plays, then I think you start DJ. I'd expect, you know, Zeke Nashi's got to get some minutes. If yeah. he doesn't. If he doesn't get some minutes in this window, then I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, he was he was one of the standouts at training camp in the preseason. Um, in the limited minutes he's gotten in the regular season, I think he's shown flashes of the stuff we talked about in preseason, about him being stronger, you know, a better finisher around the rim. Um, so I think Zeke's got to get some minutes. But we've also seen in recent, you know, last few games that they've played Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green at the five at times. So I think that that's something they've got to be prepared for. I'm, you know, I'm not sure if it's really matchup dependent at this point, because whether it's Zeke or Jeff or Aaron playing the five, I think that still can qualify as kind of a small ball lineup. So I think it's just 
maybe you play the matchups more in terms of some teams are, are a better fit for DeAndre Jordan to play against and some are, are better fits for Zeke to play against. So I I guess that maybe, you know, they, they play the matchups there a bit more, but I think it's going to be kind of all hands on deck, assuming Aaron Gordon doesn't go tonight. I was going to say, I bet we see a lot of Uncle Jeff in the next couple of games because he and he's valuable in the minutes he's on the floor and he always has one thunderous dunk too. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't I haven't looked at this enough, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's maybe more effective in those small ball five minutes than he yeah. is um, playing as a four alongside DeAndre. Because I mean that that DeAndre Jeff, and I guess the bench as a whole has has had some not so great minutes. I would say yeah. um, maybe some inconsistencies there. Um, but yeah, that's certainly going to be a big thing to watch is is what they get, especially in that in in the depth while while we're while they're without. Nicola. Um, you know, so this weekend they go to Dallas. It's it's a Friday, Sunday, back not back to back, but they play in Dallas both times, which is I guess something new the NBA's been starting to do. Um, they always have good games with Dallas, especially when Nicola was in the game. But I think it's interesting is they have a couple guys now they can actually throw at Luca, which would probably I don't know if anyone's stopping Luca Doncic right now, but I think it will help if they have a a couple and if Gordon's healthy, I guess. Yeah. big thing but i mean they have a couple guys that can actually throw at him now yeah and it's it's different types of guys you could if, if gordon is healthy you know obviously i think he he would get a large share of it um but you know i, I see contavious coldwell pope and bruce brown getting some minutes on him as well and just throwing different looks at him uh different guys you know they could all be pretty physical defenders but i'd, I'd say they all bring kind of different things to the table or different looks so so Luca isn't just seeing the same thing over and over again because that's a, I think that's a recipe for disaster. If you don't give him different looks, he's going to torture you. And Dallas is a little different because it seems like Christian Wood has fit in there pretty well. Yeah, he's a guy that I think I've always maybe felt more strongly about than other people around the league because it seems like he kind of has this bad reputation. But he he fits. I mean, a lot of people fit alongside Luca, but he seems like a really really solid fit as a guy. You know, just a lop threat for Luca or, or, you know, a screener and yeah. pick and pop. He can do a, a few different things. So yeah, I think he's been a, a really solid fit there so far. And the thing is, Luca has been great, but they're not, what are they like seven and five, seven and six, something. Their yeah, records yeah, are they're great. In that, like, they're in the play in bunch, I believe, um, which is not where I think a lot of people would have had them pegged preseason. Yeah. Their, their games with the Nuggets are always good. So it'll be a good, Good matchups this weekend. I think even without Nicola, I'm sure there'll be times where it's like, oh, oh my goodness, why isn't Nicola out there? But um, I'm sure there'll still be pretty good games. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, the World Cup starts on Sunday. You're you're our soccer guy. Um, tell me, you know, some things you're looking for. You're working on a big preview page for our for the Denver Gazette. So, what are some things you're looking for out there in Qatar? Sorry. Yeah, I'm just looking looking at the United States. You know. Growing up yeah. here as a soccer fan, it's it's been a long eight years. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not not qualifying in 2018 was was a shock, and you know, a lot of people probably felt like that kind of set soccer here back a bit. Um, but I think we're going into this World Cup with one of the most exciting rosters, you know, for as long as I followed the sport. You got a, a just a, a and what I'll be writing on is this kind of this crop of. 19 20 to 25 year olds because they're going to be kind of in their their physical prime for this world cup and the next so it's it's i think it's important for them to to get experience you know and a lot of these younger players are are playing at the highest levels in europe which hasn't always been the case for the united states 
guys. So I think they should be better prepared for, for the level of competition that they're going to face. Um, and I think it's really important that they, you know, get out of the group stage and get some ex experience playing in the knockout rounds. Cause you know, they're, the expectations are also higher now than they've been in a long time. So it's, uh, it's kind of time to time to see if this is all for real, or if we've kind of spent the last four years hoping for something that isn't quite ready to pop yet. And we have a Colorado, um, native, I don't know if it's a native, but someone from yep. Colorado on the team, uh, he's a third string goalie, Ethan Horvath. Is that how you say? Ethan yeah. Horvath. Horvath. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a Colorado kid. First, first Colorado to ever make a world cup roster. So that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I've seen I've seen it floated different places that he might be more of the second goalkeeper. Okay. But um, it, Matt Matt Turner's the clear number one goalkeeper, right. um, and so yeah, I mean it's a, it's a great story. But I think if you're if you're asking an objective U.S. supporter, uh, you know, it, it it wouldn't be probably the best thing for the team if if Ethan Horvath right. is playing World World Cup minutes. But uh, it's certainly great that he's there. And, uh, you know, it's also kind of on, on the flip side, a bummer that uh, Sam Bynes isn't there. Kid out of Colorado yeah. Springs, yep. came up through the Rapids Academy, um, playing with Royal Antwerp, and it was, you know, enjoying the most success he's ever had in Europe um, up until, you know, I think a week, 10 days ago when he broke his leg and, and that took him out of consideration. Uh, so that's a bit of a bummer. Could have very easily had uh, two Colorado kids on the World Cup roster. So, I mean, people I've been talking to here in the office think that this game against Wales on Monday at noon is really going to be the deciding game because if they don't get at least one point in that match, they're, it's going to be really hard to get out of the group stage. Yeah, you look, I mean, yeah, that second match against England is is the biggest one where, you know, that's going to be the, you know, the biggest deal. But, you know, England's not maybe maybe not one of the favorites but maybe they're in that second tier and they've had some really strong performances at the previous world cup and at the euros a couple of years ago um so yeah wales it'd be great to start with a win uh, but yeah to your point if, if they don't get out of there with at least a draw then i think it's gonna be you know maybe getting dark early yeah yeah, I think people will be pretty worried if they don't get something out of that first match. Uh, so who's you know who's your favorite? Who who do you like? Um, who's somebody to watch and teams to watch and countries to watch? Yeah, it's boring, but I think Brazil is just suited well to to perform well in Qatar. Qatar, um, just the climate. You know, they've they've grown up you know playing in those really hot conditions. Yeah. So and you know, there's obviously no shortage of talent there. Um, as a Tottenham supporter, I'd, I'd have to shout out Rich Arlison as somebody to to watch at atop uh, Brazil's formation. Um, I think England's going to be solid in the usual subjects. Uh, you know, France, Germany, Argentina. I'm a big Lionel Messi guy, and this might be his last kind of shot at the World Cup. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's got something special in store. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. Um, there's some Belgium Netherlands talk here in the office. What do you think of that? Yeah, I uh, I told Clee those were two teams. I maybe it's just uh, I'm a I I'm a big fan of their style of play. They've got really exciting guys like Memphis Depay for uh, the Netherlands, um, Romelu Lukaku for for Belgium, Kevin De Bruyne. They've got you know play attacking kind of free flowing soccer that I think a lot of people maybe who aren't aren't the biggest fans could could uh, could appreciate pretty quickly. For sure. All right, uh, Vinny, thanks for coming on uh, and. To let everyone know, look for Vinny's Nuggets coverage and some World Cup coverage coming Monday in the Denver Gazette, and we will talk to you again next week. Awesome. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks, man.
Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.